0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Okay, it's time to talk some quarterbacks. We've navigated through all the running backs, we've navigated through all the wide receivers. The NFL draft is behind us. We will have a draft recap, a rapid reaction, Pat and I, on just all of the different landing spots, but... Wow what a crazy weekend it was uh, recording this podcast on Sunday April 26th and you know there's not a lot to do these days with everybody kind of hunkered down in their homes locked down so uh, a ton of viewership in terms of terms of the NFL draft and I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast was tuned in as well um, we'll talk about all of the different again the landing spots for all these guys uh, you know Jordan loved going at 26 to the Packers Wow did anybody see that coming? Um, you know, some of the the locations and the, the spots where the quarterbacks landed, particularly, you know, some of the late guys, Jacob Eason, um, Jake Fromm going in the fifth to the Bills, you know, there were, were some interesting landing spots for the quarterbacks. I thought some of the, the top guys, we we kind of had a feeling of where they were going to go and that kind of went chalk, um, but the running backs and the receivers too. So we'll give a, an entire breakdown of that. I don't want to dive into that too much and ruin uh, the episode that we have set aside for that. But I wanted to go back and do a breakdown of the quarterbacks because to this point we hadn't we hadn't had a chance to do that. So the way I'm going to do this is uh kind of you know how the draft went helped me kind of uh look at this a little bit differently. So originally I was going to do seven quarterbacks. I was going to include Jake Fromm. I'm not going to in- include Jake Fromm anymore just because you know he goes to the Bills, he's going to be behind Josh Allen don't really see a viable path in the in the near future to him starting unless Josh Allen you know doesn't really develop or takes a step back um, so I'm gonna leave him out for now but the the first one we're gonna break this down into two so the first one's gonna be Joe Burrow uh, the, the three top 10 quarterbacks essentially so burrow tug Tagovailoa, and then uh, Justin Herbert so I'm gonna break down each of those three um, you know players pretty in depth here I had a chance to sit down and look at a lot of film um, kind of do some slow motion film on a lot of these guys, and then the second podcast I want to talk about the three guys who aren't starters necessarily right now, but either based on where they were taken in the draft or the teams that they're going to are going to have a viable, uh, you know, opportunity in the future at some point or the near future, and that's Jordan Love, twenty six to the Packers, as I mentioned, the second round, Jalen Hurts. Uh, going to um, going to the Eagles at number 53 overall. And then I want to talk about Jacob Beeson round four, number 122 to the Colts, because in Indianapolis, we don't know what's going to happen there. You know, Jacoby Brissett is still there. Um, Phillip Rivers is there, but is it a one-year thing with Phillip Rivers? Who knows? I think Jacob Beeson, if he comes in and impresses, has a chance to make, you know, to carve out a role for himself and to, you know, take reins of that, um, you know, that starting quarterback position in the pretty near future. So we'll talk about those three guys. Um, but but first off, let's start at the top. The number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. No surprise here. I think we've kind of had this—everybody's had this pick, uh, you know, written down for some time now. Um, when I put on the film of Joe Burrow, a lot of the things that I wanted to see I saw— um, you know, a guy who navigates the pocket extremely well. He's very instinctive in the pocket. A lot of poise, a lot of patience. Um, he's just so cool. So, so cool in the pocket. And I love that about him. I don't think he's somebody who's going to get rattled. He's played in a lot of big games at LSU, led them to a national championship, 60 touchdown passes, the whole nine yards. The guy can, the guy has everything you want. Uh, in terms of experience. I, mean, I know he's only played one year, but but what he's done, right, in terms of playing in those big games. Um, the moxie in the pocket, he's got it all. Uh, so the poise really, really like. And the the big thing that surprised me with Burrow was just how good of an athlete he is. Um, I think there there's a really underrated ability uh, in terms of making linebackers miss, um, to extending plays, improvising, he does all of those things really well. But when he wants to get out of the pocket and make plays and pick up yards with his legs, you can't just sit in soft zones and let him run all over you. I mean, he's not going to be necessarily like Lamar Jackson or maybe what Jalen Hurts is or some or like Kyler Murray, but he can certainly pick up yards and make plays and hurt you with his legs, which is just another dimension to his game. With that pocket presence, with that ability to be a a, a traditional dropback passer, that really makes him dangerous. I think he's a true playmaker in the pocket too. You know, I think he makes life really hard on linemen and linebackers trying to corral him. I talked about his ability to make blitzers miss, um, shaking guys off a little. Ben Roethlisberger in his game when he gets out of the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield and looking to make plays. Uh, you know throwing the football um, really impressed with his ability to keep his head up when he's on the move very easy very natural throwing motion uh, gets his feet set showcases a really quick release no problems in 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 that part of his game either um, the the nice thing that the thing that I wanted to see was how he did when he had pressure in his face when he was off platform he doesn't need much of a platform to get the ball off there's no real wasted motion. Uh, no true, you know, resetting when he's transitioning to his second and third reads, um, which he does very well. If you look at that Georgia game in the SEC title, no trouble going through three or sometimes four reads on any given play. Um, you know, if if something's not there, he's not a guy who panics in the pocket. He can, you know, along with that ability to extend outside the pocket, um, he's looking to, again, he's looking to throw the football. Uh, he's can do things with his legs but he is a passer first there's no question about that um really sits in the pocket well delivers with blitzerness in his face um I thought he really delivered accurate throws even when he was flat-footed which I like to see um you know in cutting routes 15 to 20 yards down the field guys right in his face um you know flat-footed throwing back you know leaning back not stepping into the throw he could still make those throws which was really impressive um I didn't think he had any issues moving to his right or his left and making throws. I thought he did a really, really good job. You know, a lot of times, one of the most difficult things to do as a quarterback is is rolling left as a right-handed thrower and squaring your shoulders and letting it rip, and I thought he did that really well. Um, Really good understanding of when to use his safety valve. I don't think he overextends, doesn't, you know, create negative plays too often. Um, You know, I had a couple kind of wonky turnovers where you'd like to see him, you know, sure things up a little bit, but overall doesn't make a lot of negative plays um you know I think he's got plenty of arm to make you know to throw some of those comeback routes uh you know across the hash you know along the boundaries um we talk a little bit about you know I've heard people say he doesn't have the strongest arm and that is one of my negatives on him um you know throws 40 plus yards down the field you'll find guys plenty of guys with a bigger arm than Joe Burrow um but he's got enough arm to make all of those intermediate throws that you want and and throws in the NFL you know those those long throws right to the other side of the field so uh, no issue there I think he's an above average athlete I talked about this already but he's an above average athlete for the position plenty of wheels to get out of the pocket and, and pick up those yards exceptional touch this is the one thing it's the ball is just really really smooth coming out of his hand he throws a lot of uh, you know, touch. And th- and that's something that you just can't teach that he you either have it or you don't. Um, those throws 25 to 40 yards down the field, no problem dropping the ball into the bucket. Um, You'd love to see that. And that's one of those things that just comes naturally to you guys, I think. So look, I, a lot of, a lot of positives, right? A lot of positives on Joe Burrow. Now, I personally don't think he, you know, I talked through of all these all these things and you're probably sitting there listening right now thinking, okay, well he's, you know, the next Joe Montana, he's the next Tom Brady, he's he's everything you want in a quarterback, right? I think he's really really good. I don't think he's generational, and I'll tell you why. There's some things in his game that that I particularly didn't like. Um, you know, I think he needs to be more consistent with his footwork. I think you know particularly that first read when that's not available i think he has some trouble in resetting his feet before making the throw to the next read and that causes you know some inaccurate passes at times i like what he does with his eyes and i like how calm he is in his po- in the pocket when he's moving to those next you know to his second his third his fourth read um, but just gotta clean up the footwork a little bit. Now, I thought he got caught flat footed on some quick throws, resulting in some inaccurate passes too. Guys coming down to the backfield, tight ends on some, you know, easy throws uh, you know, in the flats and, and things like that, running backs coming out of the backfield. I thought he was inaccurate a little bit at times on those. Um, but I think those are things he can he can fix. Now, the one thing that I think might hold him back is that arm. Now, I, I mentioned that I think he can make those throws you know, along the sideline across the field. Um, But when we talk about throws 40-plus yards down the field, I didn't think he was super accurate um, on some of his deeper throws. I thought that—I think that that, that, you know, little bit of lack of arm strength might get him in trouble at times. Um, You know, and the other thing, too, is— and I don't think this can be overstated enough— is just how good Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase made him look at times— this offense, uh, it's hard. It was actually hard to evaluate. I think of some of the Oklahoma film, for example, in uh, the the college football semifinal. Guys just running wide open, making easy throws. Now you can't knock him for that, but but there's so many playmakers on this LSU offense in 2019 that it made things really really easy on Joe Burrow at times. Um, and, and the other thing too is, you know, when he's extending plays, I think he's going to need, need to learn to get down a little bit. Um, you know, when he's getting into that second level, you know, running into where linebackers, where safeties are going to be, um, just needs to learn to get down. Now, that's one of the least concerns. I think, you know, I think that can be taught at the next level and they can coach him up on that a little bit. Just something to his game that he's going to want to learn at the NFL level. But I think that the the lack of that big arm, there was nothing that I thought he did a lot of things really, 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 really well. I don't think that he is an exceptional quarterback. I think he's a really good one. I comped him as an athletic Matt Ryan, which I think in how that's going to translate for dynasty owners out there, for fantasy football owners, is you're going to get a quarterback for the long haul who's probably going to be in the top six, top seven in terms of fantasy. He's going to be a quarterback one. I don't see somebody who's going to be a top top three quarterback for the long haul. And the other thing to consider here is, you know, he's going to Cincinnati. This is a team that, right now, I think, has a lot of issues. Now, I know they went and they got T. Higgins to start the second round. I think that's going to help, and I think those two could have a really good connection for years to come. A.J. Green's on the wrong side of 30, and if injury history you know, tells us anything about A.J. Green, um, he's not going to be there for the long haul. So I know some people are excited about Auden Tate, and I think you should be excited about Auden Tate. But overall this team still has a long way to go. Their defense has been rebuilding quite a bit. The 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 makeup of the team and the culture as a whole in Cincinnati has a long way to go, and you're not just going to fix that with a quarterback. Now, while I do think Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback, and I think he, the number one overall pick, certainly I, I think is warranted, I just don't see the generational guy. Um, I hope he's going to be better than your Mariota's and your Winston's the world, and I do think he will be better than that. But I don't know if he's Andrew Luck. I don't know if he's Peyton Manning. Um, Right now, sitting here today, I don't think he's that much of a lock. So, you know, overall, you're going to get a quarterback one for probably most of the duration of his career as a fantasy owner and as as a dynasty owner. Now, in a super flex league like we have, we're going to be drafting here at the beginning of May. Um... That's a situation where he's probably going to go first overall. Pat and I have talked about this. Pat has the number one overall pick in our ten man super flex. He's going to take Joe Burrow at number one overall, and I do think that is the right decision. I think he's going to be again uh, somebody that you can lean on for a long time. That's going to finish consistently in that top six to seven range, um, but in the, for the long haul, I I don't think he's that elite option. So all look two thumbs up for Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a little bit softer on my stance than some people are as that generational guy. Okay, let's take a look now at the next quarterback off the board at number five to the Miami Dolphins, and that's Tua Tagovailoa. Now, look, Tua's been in the spotlight for a long time. Everybody has knows the story of Tua coming in for Jalen Hurts at Alabama and winning the national championship and all that good stuff. Um, he's had an outstanding career. Everything from a number standpoint from what he does in the field leadership wise it's all good it's all plus 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 for Tua obviously we all know the injury history and the hip is everything checking out it seems like it's all checking out Miami was confident enough to take him at number 5 i have serious concerns about the injury history and i don't want to say he's brittle but when you watch him on film You see a guy who gets tackled awkwardly a lot when he's trying to extend plays and throw the football. He leaves his body very vulnerable at times. And that worries me. I do think that injury, um, you know, being prone to injuries, I do think it's going to catch up with him. Um, Now, I know in today's league, it's, you know, there's a lot more safety, particularly around the quarterback position and keeping quarterbacks upright and safe. But I, I have a bad feeling about Tua's injury. History and what that's going to look like at the next level. Now, with that said, when we talk about some of the strengths and the weaknesses on film, there's a lot of plus. Um, I think there is a clear difference, and I'll talk about Justin Herbert in a minute. I think there's a clear difference with Joe Burrow and Tua, and then where Justin Herbert went at number six. I think there's a clear difference between those two and him. And the reason is, and and it's much, there are many of the same things that Joe Burrow does in the pocket, you know, footwork and how cool and collected and calm and and patient and, and all of those things, right? There's something about Tua that screams, you know, this guy's a pro quarterback and you can just see it and the way he works the pocket, the way he can kind of anticipate throws I thought he was I thought Burrow was good at this but I thought Tua was the best in terms of anticipating throws uh, in this draft um, his eyes I thought he did a really good job of looking off safeties particularly when we talk about one-on-one throws down the field and um, Did a really, really good job of of kind of looking off and then delivering a pass. So, you know, he's freezing those safeties for a sec. Just that split second that's giving his receivers an opportunity to make a play one-on-one with the corner. Did a really, really good job at that. Really impressed with his base in the pocket. Sturdy base, um, footwork pretty clean and calm. Not a lot of wasted motion with Tua, especially off the play-action game. I thought he was set, ready to throw when they wanted to go RPO, when they wanted to, you know, the play action and then either get it out quick on the perimeter to one of their receivers or throw that slant. I thought really, really good footwork in, in both of those areas, very technically sound in the play action game too. Um, Again, just a really good base to throw quickly. And I thought he flipped his hips. His hips are are extremely um, quick in the way he can flip his hips, get around and, and then point his toe to receiver on some of those bubble screens he's really, really technically sound in that part of his game, I and mean, I actually slowed the film down, I had it at like half the rate, right, and I I had to look, I actually ran a play back when he made one of those throws, one of those quick, you know, play action, flip the hips, get it out of the perimeter quick, and it looked like it was in full speed, I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, like what happened, and it was still in half speed, it was, it was crazy, I mean, that's how good he is in that part of his game. I think fundamentally and, and technically speaking, two is as good as anybody in this draft. Um, I thought he utilized a pretty good pump fake too. I think he's got one of the more effective pump fakes in the in this draft. Um I thought he had the cleanest footwork in general of all the quarterbacks in this class too. I think Joe's there. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I know I talked a little bit about him getting flat footed at times and and um not resetting his feet to, to make a, uh, you know, a good throw on some of his second and third reads. But I thought he was good too. Don't get me wrong. I thought overall it was good, but two is the best. Um, I thought he hardly ever forced the ball into unrealistic windows, which I love. And look, he's got an excellent feel for the pop specifically edge pressure. Um, you know, when he gets those defensive ends crashing the edges on him, um, I think he naturally slides up to avoid sacks, you know, while maintaining that throwing base and keeping his eyes downfield. All three of those things he really checks the box on. Uh, really, really impressed with his his um, poise and his awareness in the pocket. So he's not gonna a guy that's going to take many sacks. Um, I thought he did a really—I was impressed with the fact that he doesn't look for checkdown specifically. You know, he's looking to push the ball down the field, which you have to love— um, in a guy's game is is that he's not just looking to get the ball out quick um, you know he's to his specifically he's looking to make plays down the field now I know some folks are not super impressed with the arm strength I, I didn't see an issue with it I thought when he wanted to air it out and throw it 40 45 50 yards in the air um, you know he overshot Henry Ruggs a couple times he you know had a play in the I can't remember which game it was actually it was a a Jerry Judy should have come down with it inside the five yard line I thought it was a a beautiful throw I didn't see any real issues there I think it's a little bit like Burrow where it's not that you know it's not a rocket launcher for an arm like Justin Herbert who um, I'll I'll talk about in a second who has just a, a really really big arm Um, you know burrow and Tua are aren't those guys, but I don't necessarily think they have to be I think they have enough arm to do the things that they're going to be asked to do Now, I think he does have a little bit of a low release point when he throws I don't know how big of an issue it's going to be I I I still think he looks pretty natural throwing the football. I don't think it's it's a ton of wasted motion Um, there was a play in the lsu game where, you know linebacker dropped and dropped into his zone, threw it right at him on on a uh a route over the middle about a 15 yard pass or so over the middle um, linebackers just sitting in zone easy interception so that's something that you know you might have to work on a little bit is just recognizing some of those zone coverages linebackers getting into their drops and 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 just recognizing that especially over the middle of the field um, there were a couple times on some deep throws he overshot Henry Ruggs twice in the Ole Miss game on some easy easy walk in touchdown deep throws. I saw him do that a couple other times, so would just like to see him uh you know dial it down a little bit on some of those on some of those deep passes and and, and drop those passes in there. Um, but overall I also saw him, you know, make a lot of those throws too. So, you know, they're not going to be perfect especially those balls 30 40 plus yards down the field. Um, but there were a couple times that that he I would have liked to see him again just just kind of drop those easy ones in there. Um, But again, I think the biggest thing here is I I love Tua. I love his game. I think he's so smooth. And and lefties, you know, specifically tend to look even more smooth, right? Um, When we talk baseball, left-handed batters are always so smooth. Left-handed quarterbacks, you know, Steve Young, for example. I mean, he just looks smooth when he's delivering the football. And I really like what he does in the pocket. He just has to hopefully... The, the medical is not going to keep, keep, you know, catch up with him. Um, I thought he had a tendency to get tackled very awkwardly at times, which just really, really concerns me. So overall, I understand the pick at 5 overall for Tua. I think he has all the talent in the world to justify that top 5 pick. I just worry about the injury history down the road. If you're in a super flex league like us, I have absolutely no problem with taking him 2 overall because I do think the talent is there, and if he can stay healthy, he's going to be really, really good. All right, now third and final one for this podcast, and then again, um, I'll talk about the other three quarterbacks in the second quarterback podcast. Justin Herbert out of Oregon um, goes sixth overall to the Chargers. Big guy. Everything that you want out of a prototypical quarterback, Justin Herbert has from a physical standpoint. 6'6", 236 pounds, 10-inch hands, long arms an athletic guy runs a sub-47 um, 35 and a half inch vertical you know over 10 on the broad uh, everything that I saw from a physical athletic standpoint on tape I loved about Justin Herbert's game really really easy fluid release sometimes those big guys you don't know what you're gonna get um, you know mechanics you know mechanics wise I thought you know very technically sound in the way he delivered the football very easy throwing motion um, you know really I thought throw a really strong accurate ball especially off the play action game um, you know particularly on those short timing throws I thought he did a really good job on the slants and things like that. everything was with timing accurate strong ball um, getting the ball out on time. Yeah, really, really good things in that part of his game. I thought he, again, really fluid, easy motion. The ball just flies out of his hand. I mean, he's got a rocket for an arm. Um, it, it's even, it's it's noticeably different than Burrow and Tua. Um, I thought he showcased, again, that athleticism to get outside of the pocket and make plays with his feet. He's clearly a very, very good athlete, a gifted athlete. A lot like Burrow. I thought that they they created plays on with their feet in a, in a similar fashion. Um, definitely has the arm to make every single throw there were there were balls I, I know the, the 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 Colorado game for example um, you know there were some throws 20 25 yards opposite hash on the sideline that that he's just you know firing in there on a dime. I mean I'm telling you there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can make those types of throws. Now let's get to the weaknesses and there are a few and this is why I'm going to tell you why Herbert is a step below. Tua and Burrow. Um, and I think a lot of it just comes down to some of the decision making, reading the field, reading defenses. There's just some really, really questionable decision making when it comes to Justin Herbert's game. I don't know if it's his him trusting his arm too much or not seeing coverages correctly, but he tends to throw into double coverage way too often. And I think it, you know, particularly when throwing the ball down the field, when he has time to sit in the pocket, look down the field, you know, he's sitting in the In the pocket for you know three four Seconds at a time and he's just going to Let one fly Um, Those are the throws where he gets Himself in trouble now I thought He displayed pretty quick feet when he was Getting into his drops I thought his base was a Little sloppy at times he's going to need to clean That footwork up a little bit Um, You know I I, these taller Guys look a little bit differently when they're getting Into their drops there's just a lot more to work With (laughs) in terms of their body but I thought he was pretty good but there are things He's going to need to clean up but just locking onto one side of the field way, way too often. That that is the one thing that stood out to me is, is um, just looking at one side of the field and completely eliminating the other side of the field. I think there was a play in the Washington game where, you know, there were I think four linebackers in the short flat to the left, all in kind of a zone coverage, uh, and then it a crosser, a deep crosser over the top of them. But he was doubled up too. Running back came out in the flat to the right-hand side, and this was somewhere around midfield, Herbert was locked on the left side of the field in that deep crosser the entire time. Plenty of time in the pocket. If he would have just dumped it off to the right-hand side to his running back, it would have been... He might have walked in from the 20. I mean, he was so open, um, and Herbert was just zeroed in on that one side of the field. And that wasn't the only play. He did that a bunch, and I think that's going to get him in trouble at the next level. Some of that, again, the decision making, reading defenses, and, and getting locked in too much on, on one read or one receiver or one area of the field. The other thing too is is when he's moving, particularly to his right. I think he had a tendency, a bad tendency, to throw, make throws back across his body to the middle of the field. Um, that's not going to fly. You know, I know Mahomes does it on. On occasions, but it's Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think Justin Herbert's Patrick Mahomes. While he does have a good arm, he might get a waiver with from time to time. But that those are the kinds of things that are going to get him in trouble. So he's got to work that out of his game as well. Um, Again, see throw, make throw is what I wrote down, and there's just not a ton of anticipation when when he's throwing the football. I thought, Um, you know, he he's going to see a guy come open, he's going to make that throw, and while he has the arm to make some of those throws that's gonna get him in trouble at the next level and then finally you know I thought he was kind of slow to recognize some of the blitzes um you know there was a play specifically in the Auburn game where he had an opportunity to make a quick throw but you know held on to it too long and took a sack and I'm not talking about you know a guy up at the line you know showing blitz right away I'm talking about a linebacker on a delayed blitz um you know three four yards off the line of, off the off the line of scrimmage and he's still, you know, taking just too long um, and, and had, had really had the reads to make a quick throw over the middle of the field, you know, well before that blitz showed up in his face. So those are the other things. I, I just think some of the recognition, um, some of the processing right now for Justin Herbert is a little slow, and I think that really plays into multiple parts of why um, why he might not have the game that's successful at the next level. So there's a quite a bit that he's going to need to clean up and that's why I had him at a distant third but between or you know behind these two guys and I think it fell how it should have. Now we'll see what what the Chargers can do with him. Look, I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to groom him in, into a franchise quarterback who is really good because he does have the physical tools to do so. We've just seen this play out time and time again, you know, for example, Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, I think he has some of the same issues. Um, we'll see what they can do in terms of getting that decision making and, and you know reading defenses if they can fix that problem in his game. But ah, man, in a super flex league like the one we're playing in dynasty leagues, you know, I have serious serious concerns about drafting him even in the first round. I, you know, I would probably want to wait until the second round with my, you know, my second pick to to take him. You know, luckily I'm not in a position this year where I really need to take a quarterback, so Herbert's not somebody that I'm necessarily targeting anyway in those first two rounds. Um, but but yeah, I, I think he's gonna be somebody who takes a few years to develop where I think Burrow and Tua are gonna make impacts pretty quickly. Um again, if Tua can stay healthy. And if Burrow, if the Cincinnati Bengals can continue to build around him and give him the support that he needs, because he can't do it all on his own, no matter how good he is, um, I think those two are going to have a chance to make an impact a little bit quicker than Herbert does. So, that's where I sit on those three guys. Um, the next three guys, it's going to be interesting because you know Jordan Love, who is going to be sitting behind Aaron Rodgers initially. You know how long is it before they give the you know they give the reins to? uh to Jordan Love. When do they kick Aaron Rodgers out of town? When does he retire? Who knows? Um that's gonna be a really interesting one. But I'm gonna break the tape down on uh, Jordan Love on the next podcast as well as Jacob Eason, who again, he might be the starter in India as early as next year if he impresses, if he develops. Um, but from what I've heard, and I haven't taken a look at, at much of his tape yet. There are some inconsistencies like Herbert on tape um, that he's going to need to shore up as well. But I'll break da- that down uh, too. And then finally, Jalen Hurts, the surprise there at number 53 to the Eagles. They have Carson Wentz, who we think is the franchise quarterback. How are they going to use Jalen Hurts? Are they going to use him in some sub packages where they try to, to to manufacture some touches for him? and allow him to create with his athleticism I think that could be an option but that's a really really interesting one too so I'm excited to break down the tape on those three players and give you some analysis there Um, and and then you know finally again we are going to do a draft recap that is coming so excited to talk about all the landing spots for the running backs and the wide receivers quarterbacks and tight ends All right, well, I think that just about does it for this quarterback episode. Thanks, uh, everybody, for tuning in again to Pad the Stats. I'm your host, James Watson. i will talk to you later. Bye-bye.